0: So, I encourage you to take out your Bible, turn over to 1 Timothy 3. 1 Timothy 3, as we think about the challenges of being a spiritual leader in the church. From time to time, it's a good reminder for us to reflect on what it means for people who are elders, deacons, deaconesses, ministry team leaders, IWANA leaders, all the way down, any, any leader in our church. And some of the things that we face, some of our responsibilities. Lee Roberson, was pastor down in Chattanooga, Tennessee for many years and chancellor of Tennessee Temple University used to say, everything rises and falls on leadership and that's true. As a leader goes, so does a church or organization goes. Myron Rush identifies tough issues facing every Christian leader in a book called The New Leader. We're wise to ponder them and see these on the screen. First of all, a leader must be willing to stand alone. A leader must be willing to go against public opinion in order to promote what he or she believes. You must be willing to risk failure. Number four, you must become master of your emotions. If you're a leader, you have to strive to remain above reproach. A leader must be willing to make decisions others don't want to make. A leader must be willing to say no at times when everything in him or her wants to say yes. You must sometimes be willing to sacrifice personal interests for the good of the group. A leader must never be content with the average. They must always strive for the best. People must be more important to them than possessions. And the other one that's so important to me is you still have to work harder. You have to work harder to keep your life in balance than people who are not leaders. That last point, number 11, is one of the biggest challenges for spiritual leaders. To be whole as a person emotionally, spiritually, physically, mentally, and even starting in leadership and maintaining that balance at a high level of integrity in order to lead well is a tall order of commitment. He has to be balanced in his life. He has to balance all the people in his relationships and then be responsible for those in his organization or church. It takes us to our scripture reading, 1 Timothy 3. 1 Timothy 3 talks about the qualifications, character qualities of an elder, but I believe they apply to not just leaders, but all of us as believers. To espouse to these things. Paul said, 1 Timothy 3, 1, the saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, with conceit and fall in to the condemnation of the devil moreover he must be well thought of by outsiders so that he may not fall into disgrace into the snare of the devil and may god at his blessing at the reading of his word this morning let's bow for prayer heavenly father we come before you today we thank you for these words we thank you that it's a noble task for someone to aspire to be a spiritual leader in our church and lord i, I just uh, pray as we go through this that we'll be mindful we'll be able to pray better we'll have more understanding of what it is to be a leader here of god's flock your pleasant view baptist church we pray and ask in jesus name amen <clears throat> first thing you see on your outline are the character qualities of a spiritual leader in the church we're just going to go through these very quickly, but the spiritual leaders must be progressing in the growth of their character. When we interview people to be elders, deacons, whatever it may be, ministry team leaders, it's impossible that we can all measure up to be tens in these particular character qualities. But the thing is, these are things that we are to be striving for and working toward in our lives he says it's a noble task to aspire to the office of a overseer in this case he's talking about an elder an elder or pastor in a church a spiritual leader has to be above reproach that means blameless that means his life must be irrefutable uh, full of integrity elders and pastors need to be husbands of one wife this means a male person in the role of elder or pastor and that word there, husband of one wife means one woman, man, in the Greek. A spiritual leader must be sober minded. That means sane, logical thinking in his mind. A spiritual leader must be self controlled, must be respectable, have good behavior. He must be generous, hospitable. The word there is in the Greek means generosity. An elder distinction able to teach. Elders must be able to teach. That doesn't mean all. Deacons, deaconesses, and others, it's speaking specifically there to the position of the elder. A spiritual leader must not be controlled by alcohol, must not be violent but gentle. <clears throat> he must not be involved in continual arguments or debates. He must not be a lover of money. In 1 Peter 5, 2, it says that he should not be after shameful gain, spiritual leader has to manage his household well with all dignity, keeping his children in submission. <clears throat> For if someone doesn't know how to manage the household well, Paul said, how can they manage the house of God, God's church? And he must be, the leader must be a, spirit, a mature believer, not a recent convert. He must not be filled with pride and conceit. That could lead him to fall into the trap created by Satan. And a spiritual leader must be well thought of those in the community outside the church. I think this is interesting. He or she must have a good reputation and a respected testimony by those who are even unbelievers. All a leader's business dealings must be done with integrity. So people who aspire to be leaders in the church must exhibit in all these ways some evidences of these character qualities. Some of these will be stronger than others based on the person, their personality, their spiritual gifts, but leaders must be continual learners and have the attitude of consistent growth as they continue to lead the church and continue their own personal spiritual journey. 2 Peter 3:18, a verse I learned early on in my Christian life. It says, but grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And that is an idea here that's something we continue to do throughout our life until we leave this world a leader must always remember that they are servants and they will never fully arrive at complete maturity in this life <clears throat> so like all of us we need to strive for spiritual maturity paul said in philippians 3:12, not that i've already obtained this meaning spiritual maturity or i'm already perfect but i press on to make it my own because christ jesus has made me his own Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, Paul says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. As spiritual leaders, we need to have short memories of the past, but ever learning and building on the past successes and failures. Another thing the spiritual leader has to do, he must continually guard his or her heart. Guard his or her heart. Proverbs 423 says, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. Your seat of emotions, where you make decisions, your mind. You have to guard that because out of it comes your words. Out of it comes your actions, your behavior. So a leader has to really put boundaries around his heart and guard what comes in and what goes out. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? We have to realize as leaders or all of us as believers that we're, every morning we wake up, we are sinners saved by grace. And the quote here as I think about it, is John Calvin said, the human heart is a perpetual idol factory. Think about it. <clears throat> we worship things and Whatever we put before God is more important or we spend more time or money or resources on, they get in the way of our relationship with God, and those become idols. Jesus said in Matthew 12, 34, you brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? Speaking to the religious leaders, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what comes into our hearts is going to come out. leaders teach and lead out of the overflow of their heart. They must guard what they are exposed to and what they're putting into their minds because they, as leaders, will severely influence for good and bad how they lead other people. Leaders and Christ followers must discern what worldly attitudes and philosophies are trying to get into and capture their hearts all the time. It's a tall task with a high level of commitment to take on the noble task of being a spiritual leader. The whole purpose for people who want to be leaders in the church is to lead well and serve alongside God's people in partnership. So our application here is this, understand the heart of your spiritual leaders. Understand the heart of your spiritual leaders. Those are the character qualities. I encourage you to study them in more detail. And even though those are for leaders, as I said before, all of us should look to 1 Timothy 3 and espouse to have those character qualities in our lives. The second thing we see is the responsibilities of a spiritual leader in the church. What is their responsibilities? First of all, the care of the flock. The care of the flock. Jesus often uses the example of sheep with a shepherd. And many of these things we're going to talk about are from that perspective. The spiritual leaders are there to minister to those with physical, emotional, and or spiritual needs. And sometimes, sheep bite. There are conflicts with the leadership or among other people in general in the church family, and the spiritual leaders are there to moderate and bring about reconciliation to those who are in conflict. The under-shepherd, who is the pastor, the elders, deacons, deaconesses, and ministry team leaders, Must have a relationship with the flock under their care and understand well the condition of the sheep. Proverbs 27, 23 says, know well the condition of your flocks and give attention to your herds. That's why we have circles of concern. That's why we have leaders checking in on people to make sure that their needs are being met. That's why people call in or email or text us prayer requests. So we can care for the flock. In 1 Peter 5, 2, it says, shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, not because you feel like you have to, but willing, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly. Then we see the protection of the flock against false teaching and false teachers. The protection of the flock against false teaching and false teachers. With the advent of the internet and during COVID, so many churches and Christian organizations going on the internet through live stream and other venues, YouTube channels, spiritual leaders are responsible to help their people learn to be discerning of what they're hearing from other Christian sources. So we must all be like the Berean Christians. Can you imagine the apostle Paul's preaching and they pull out their scriptures and they examine what he is saying? Is in Acts 17:11. Now these Jews, the Bereans, were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the Scriptures daily to see if these things were so. <clears throat> One of the main charges that a spiritual leader in the church is called to do is to protect the flock from false teaching and teachers. So Leaders must always be reading the materials we use for our ministry offerings and be discerning of what others are teaching on behalf of Christ and Pleasant View Baptist Church. The leaders will stand before God accountable for all that is taught under their leadership. James 3 says, Not many of you should become teachers, <clears throat> but brothers my, that you may know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. We have a responsibility, and we're going to stand before God. I think of what Paul said he was on the beach with the Ephesian elders, and he was talking to them in Acts 20 for the very last time. And they were all in tears, knowing this would be the last time they would talk to the Apostle Paul in this life. And part of what he said in Acts 20, he said, For I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. See Paul's heart there to protect the flock. We see the warnings against sin and the world's philosophies coming into the individual lives, the church and its effects on church leadership. We're dealing with a multiplicity of issues coming at us as believers all the time. And remember, Satan, all he's trying to do is create chaos. He's trying to divide and conquer. He's trying to throw so many things out there that we have a hard time trying to answer and deal with them. Immorality is no longer looked down upon. All the issues that go with the LBGTQIA philosophy. We're seeing the rise of transgender people and contrast to what the Bible says in Genesis 1 and 2 about biological sex and gender. Dealing with the issues that flow out of the Black Lives Matter movement, how's a church? Do we speak to that issue from a biblical perspective? The breakdown of the family as God designed it. And if we were returned return to God's design, It would solve many, many, many of the problems that we're dealing with in our society. And then leaders deal with the threats for standing true to God's word and what it says. Churches are seeking to be protected from being sued for their stand for Christ. That's why we gave you this policy. These are one of some of the things that, as leaders, we have to address and be ready for. Also, churches are planning the best security measures possible You see a rise in the growth of attacks on Christian organizations and churches in the last year. And we could add plenty to that list. Another would be our devices, our iPads, our phones, our computers, and the information that's incessantly coming at us for one or more of an example. You get the picture, and the spiritual leaders are trying to protect the flock and stay faithful to God and his word, and it comes at a great cost. In Colossians chapter 2, Paul said, See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in Christ the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled with the Holy Spirit in him who is the head of all rule and authority. And we've all seen that illustration of taking a beaker, filling it with water, putting a frog inside of it, putting it under a Bunsen burner, and heating it one or two degrees at a time. And as we do that, as we heat it, little by little, uh, the frog adapts and adjusts to the temperature. And then, sooner or later, it dies because it's cooked to death. It's the gradual process, and I think of that song by casting crowns called it's a slow fade that erosion doesn't happen all at once it's a gradual process a great picture of that is lot in the book of genesis where it talks about in one place that he that he pitched his tent towards sodom and gomorrah then you see him in the town itself then you see him as a leader in the town and then later on you see the angels trying to drag him out before They destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. It slowly became like the world he was in. Then we see the feeding of the flock during the sermon time. The pastor needs to be preaching from time to time on the relevant issues of the day so that the church family will get the biblical perspective and information to articulate from a biblical worldview how to respond to these issues in our society to aid other believers. You're not going to hear the truth many other places than at church and Christian things that you listen to. Most of the time, pastors need to be preaching expository messages to build biblical literacy and week by week to move the church family little by little to be more like Jesus. The pastor's preaching should not be just for knowledge, but also giving you practical application for the week ahead. We come here and we Get our spiritual batteries re-energized for the week. We go out into the world, and we battle with the world most of the week. And then we come back, and we get a fresh infusion of God's word, how it applies on Monday and Tuesday of the week ahead. Acts 20:27, 20, Paul said, For I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. In Colossians 1, this was Paul's heartbeat for his ministry. To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And then look what he says in verse 28 on the screen here. It he says, him, we proclaim warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. That was his heartbeat. And then in verse 29, he says, for this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. It's that resurrection power. He's talking about that power. In the Greek, it's dynamos, that dynamite power that powerfully works within him to do the work of ministry. We see for spiritual leaders, the equipping and discipling the church family to grow in Christ and serve others using their spiritual gifts. Serving others using their spiritual gifts. In 2 Timothy 2.2, it should be our focal point as leaders as we equip people. And what you have heard from me, Paul said, in the presence of many witnesses, and trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. We have to be constantly passing the baton of faith, sharing what we have learned personally in our lives, and in, in a relationship with other people, whether that's sitting in a small group whether that's in Awana sitting at tables with kids, whether it's one-on-one at a coffee shop, part of our responsibility is to disciple others. And then the spiritual leaders need to know and be reassured from time to time that God's family is supporting the leader through their prayers and taking care of their needs. This is so important. Pastors, elders, leaders, they need, they need that support. They need that encouragement. They need to know that people are praying praying for them. I have a group of people that every Monday, I send out an email to that are committed to praying for me and for our church with special needs. And I'm grateful, grateful for that. In 1 Timothy 5, it says, let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. For the scripture says, you shall not muzzle an ox when it treads out the grain, and the laborer deserves his wages. I can honestly say after being here 14 years, that this church does a great job supporting their pastors, supporting their elders, supporting their leaders. And I just encourage you all to, to continue to do that and do that well. We see the importance of the church family obeying the spiritual leaders and showing grace toward them. Ephesians 5.21 says, Submitting to one another out of reverence, out of respect, for Christ. Servant leaders must be leaders who are not seeking power. We don't have a dictatorial spirit, but leading a flock of of Christ followers who will willfully submit, respect, and support the spiritual leaders, knowing that the leaders are human beings, that we have emotions and feelings as well. Be reminded that the spiritual leaders are sinners saved by grace, and they need grace, compassion, and understanding from the church family as they lead. So here's our application. Understand the varied responsibilities of your spiritual leaders. You might want to take these points home and put them in your prayer journal to use them to pray, to pray for the leaders of our church, whether that's the Awana leaders, whoever it is, the children's work with our children, all the way up to pastor and elder. I hope you're getting an understanding of the amount of responsibility on the spiritual leader's shoulders here in our church. And of course, the amount of weight of these responsibilities varies greatly with the levels of leadership in our church. I hope this causes you to be able to pray for our leaders with more understanding of what they do and pray for the different roles in our church. Lastly, and very important, pastors need to have those character qualities. Pastors and leaders need to understand their responsibilities, but also, thirdly, the accountability of a spiritual leader to the church. The spiritual leaders in the church are accountable to God, to the elders, and to the church family. When you see leaders in the spiritual realm fall away, one of the main things is they didn't have a point of accountability somewhere in their life. There's other things like they got away from prayer, they got away from reading the word, they began to think they were bigger than, than the rules and responsibilities of Scripture, but mainly is because they didn't have accountability. In Hebrews 4:13, it says, "And no creature is hidden from God's sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of Him to whom we must give an account." And I like what Luke 12:48 says, It's it's a sobering thought. Everyone to whom much was given, of him much will be required. And from him to whom they entrusted much, they will demand the more. As leaders, we're given more responsibility. We're also given more training and resources. To whom much is given, much will be required. 2 Corinthians 5.10 reminds us that we will all appear, if you're a believer in Christ, there's going to be a moment where you're going to stand by yourself in front of a holy God And give an account for your life. And the leaders will do that as well. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. So that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body. Whether good or evil. That's a sobering thought. In 1 Peter 5.4 it says when the chief shepherd appears. When Jesus returns you will receive the unfading crown of glory this is for the elders and the pastor this reward because of their faithfulness <clears throat> then we see the spiritual leaders are open for discussion and words of wisdom in proverbs twelve fifteen, it says the way of a fool is right in his own eyes but a wise man listens to advice the elders are open to wise counsel from those in the church family and i just want to remind you that the elder meetings are open for anyone from the church family to come there may be a part of the meeting that we may have to dismiss you for confidential things but in general you are welcome to attend those meetings in Proverbs 27:6, faithful are the wounds of a friend profuse are the kisses of an enemy the spiritual leaders must be willing to take responsibility for things done and said that are wrong when it is realized and here are some biblical ways to approach an elder in a loving and a grace-filled way when you may disagree with or want clarification about a decision or issue the elder or the spiritual leader has made <clears throat> i'm not going to have these on the screen but next week i will put them in a handout because i'm sure many of you would like these and we'll put them in the program how to deal with a conflict with the team and authority in the church from God's perspective. First of all, pray and consider the decision made by the team to see if there's anything unbiblical about the decision that was made. Pray and ask God to change your heart to accept the decision the team and authority has made as God's will at that time. Realize in most cases, and I've learned this as a leader, that everybody doesn't have the same information that the leaders have. You have to understand that as they make their decisions. Pray about your motivation and attitude in approaching the team and authority. And don't just approach with an issue, but have a plan to resolve it, a way to deal with it. Meet with the team and share your concern based on the word of God and what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. Ask the team and authority to prayerfully reconsider their decision. Develop a creative alternative. Pray for God to change the hearts of the decision-making body. Attempt to understand the intentions of the team making the decision and give God time to work in that situation. And then if God doesn't change the decision of the team, it may mean he wants you to change instead. That's very important. We have to be open to that. How do you deal with conflict with the vote of the church body? Pray and ask God if you can accept the decision the church body's made. If it's clearly unbiblical, then prepare your heart to go To the spiritual leadership of the church understand that most of the time the decision made by the church family is a vote to be discerned as god's will at that time if you still feel you must go and share your concerns follow the previous steps i mentioned in approaching the spiritual leadership of the church and this is very important to resolve a conflict only talk to the people or the group involved Don't go to someone to share about the conflict who isn't part of the problem or part of the answer. We have a thing in our church membership material that we talk about called 10 Rules for Respecting Each Other. And I will print those and we'll put those on the backside of these next week to have for you as well. If you're offended, if you're the offended person or feel you've offended someone, number two, you're to go as soon as possible, Matthew 18, to reconcile and resolve the conflict. The only reason according to the Bible to leave a church is if the church is following false teaching and after the church leadership's been made aware of it, refuses to return to sound doctrine. That's what the Bible teaches. So here's our application, understand the need for words of encouragement and counsel for your spiritual leaders. Think about that, they have a lot on their plate. We think of a piano up here. We we've heard the beautiful piano today as Carrie played it. And as we think about the piano, uh, if you were in a concert hall and there were several pianos, they would take a tuning fork and they would tune all those pianos to that tuning fork, one and the same. And so as they tuned them, they would all be in harmony with one another because they looked to the one thing that caused them to be tuned. So it is, as A.W. Tozer says, the church. So 100 worshipers met together, each one looking away to Christ and in heart near to each other than they could possibly be were they to become unity conscience and turn their eyes away from God to strive for closer fellowship. In other words, the more we look to Christ as followers of Christ, the more unified we will be. Rather than trying to focus in ourselves, to one another and build closer fellowship. The more we look to Christ as a group, the more we're like him. Two choices for the church family, two choices. One is to keep the unity of the faith. Ephesians 4 says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Or we can be like those in Galatia, in the church of Galatia. He says, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, but if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. The price of division in our midst. Here's our key thought, be reminded, be reminded that the spiritual leaders in our church are human, Have emotions, and need the church family's love, support, care, and obedience. That is so important. Be reminded of that. And be encouraging your leaders. Write them a note, tell them you're praying for them. Talk to them occasionally and ask them how things are going. Some questions to ponder this week are you praying weekly for your spiritual leaders? Second of all, do you share words of gratitude and encouragement with your spiritual leaders? Number three, what can you do this week to support your spiritual leaders? Some things to think about. As we close this morning, I'm going to ask Terry Canright to come. He's going to come right now, and he's going to pray for the leaders of our church. Thank you, Terry.
1: Let's pray. Father, we give thanks for this church family where we can freely worship and grow closer to you. We are thankful for those who lead us in our faith journey, those who preach the word, lead our worship, discern your will for this church, minister to our spiritual and physical needs, and lead our many ministries. Father, we ask that you bless their walk, strengthen and encourage them. And give them wisdom and peace of mind as they lead us to a closer relationship with you your word makes it clear father that leaders are held to a higher standard and bear the responsibility for leading us on the godly path of righteousness please give our leaders the humility patience and wisdom to lead and give the rest of us the humility patience and wisdom to submit and follow